of May the Power Protect You, the Power Rangers podcast where we talk about all things involving the Morphin Grid and the Power Rangers universe, whether it is fighting games, the TV show, the source footage from Japan, and everything in between. With you, as always, is one of your co-hosts, Kevin, and with me, as always, is the wonderful, the magnanimous... Well, that was certainly a lot. It's Joel! Hi! Hey, (laughs) maybe we'll cut that in editing. Yeah, I heard, <laughs> I heard you that time. Hmm. Mm, You're like because I talked before. Because right. it's not just me going Joel. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so uh, it is another new episode. It is recording on Saturday, April seventeenth, uh, and we've got quite a few things to talk about today. Um, pretty big day, I think, for Power Ranger fans too. When we talk about Dino Fury, um, but before we get started, we do want to underline, stress, emphasize, and reiterate our support for our. Asian communities, uh, as you've known, we've been talking about this the past few weeks, and as you've seen on the global scale and in the United States, the rise in anti-Asian violence rhetoric um, and essentially just hate racism um, is not okay. We do not support that. Um, Please do what you can to help. Um, We always refer to this resource card, which is anti-asianviolenceresources.card.co and card is spelled C-A-R-R-D. Please check that out to educate yourself, do what you can um, within your means, within your safety, and please support our Asian communities. Um, And of course, as we always talk about, we do support the Black Lives Matter movement. Um, um, And we always encourage our listeners as well, if you want to educate yourself, find ways you can get involved, be a hero in your own way. Um, You can go to blacklivesmatters.card.co. And again, the card is spelled C-A-R-R-D. Um, so please check both of those links out. Please support our Black and Asian communities because we need to stand together and we need to stand against hatred, bigotry, and racism. So that being said, um, so we'll talk about a few things today. Uh, there was a little bit of news in the grid, um, but the first thing to talk about is in the video game world. So um, as we talked about on last week's episode, um, we talked about during the uh, Hasbro Pulse Fan Fest, there was a reveal and a tease that Battle for the Grid was going to get some news this week. Um, for those of you that are unfamiliar, Battle for the Grid is the 3v3 fighting game that is Power Rangers based. Um, it brings together many characters and heroes and villains from the past 25 plus years of Power Ranger history. Um, it's actually been developing a pretty big community and if you haven't checked it out yet, um, now is a good time because they have revealed the next set of DLC, which is Ryu and Chun-Li from the Capcom Street Fighter series. Uh, Ryu in his Crimson Hawk Power Ranger form and Chun-Li in her Blue Phoenix Power Ranger form will be coming soon to Power Rangers Battle for the Grid, uh, with uh, Ryu dropping on May 25th. Um, Ryu, Ryu and Chun-Li are also kind of unique in that they are using their Power Ranger forms from Power Rangers Legacy Wars when they did the Street Fighter crossover a few years back. Um, so this is, this is a pretty big deal, of course, um, cause Street Fighter is a well-known series. Ryu and Chun-Li are well-known characters. Um, so this crossover has definitely been generating some buzz on the internet. Um, what did you think, Joel? It, it makes sense. Mm-hmm. It is a choice mm-hmm. to have this be like 
because uh, we're never sure how much longer Battle for the Grid will continue going, but this definitely feels like since we're now getting, this will be the, technically, um, you know, when we talk about it in a second, this will be the, the second deluxe edition that we've been getting for it. Mm-hmm. kind of feels like we probably won't get too much more, mm-hmm. yeah. possibly. It just feels weird that the last two characters to be added are not actually Power Ranger characters. Um, well. Because despite the, like, various seasons, I mean, not directly tied to any of the shows <laughs> okay or comics okay oh, okay i was about to get you i was looking like so yeah uh, no you're gonna be like they're Ranger rangers Slayer? yeah yeah i know ranger uh... forms yes but they're not <laughs> from the power rangers series originally they're additional in a kind of yeah. side way um yeah. but like just my thing is like this is not a huge cast to begin with like don't get me wrong even with the season passes it's added a bunch of characters still a very small pool of characters especially for power rangers which has hundreds of rangers and hundreds of villains mm-hmm. um it's just it feels it's that thing of like when you have a team and you have so many slots to fill it's like well who could have been in that spot but also on the other hand street fighter is like you said a huge brand um you know it has not only a ton of nostalgia but it has a lot of brand recognition mm-hmm. to it and the fact that they've not only done this before like they've used them in legacy wars to get attention to that um so mm-hmm. it makes sense to do that here for their game yeah uh, yeah i mean it yes i think it's gonna bring some more press to battle for the grid um i think it's also a good thing because it shows that they're willing to invest hasbro and way and well now capcom are investing time and money into the game um Mm-hmm. I we've gone through three season passes so far then we also had so for a game that started with nine characters they've added uh, 12 more characters since launch and it's been about a year, about two years since the game launched um, I me and my roommate talk about this all the time because my roommate actually plays Battle for the Great competitively um, he competes, competes in tournaments um, so he and I always talk about this and kind of think about where the future of the game is going to go um I definitely think that we're going to see one of two things happening. Either the game will continue with some DLC, or um, we will see a sequel coming. So I I don't think this is the last we've seen of it. Um, Yeah. Battle for the Grid has actually been steadily growing a fan base, and it actually has been achieving some pretty good stuff for a niche fighting game. Yeah. Yeah. It's got a good following, and honestly, I do think that we're going to see more support for this game come. What that will be, we don't know, but I think it's it's a positive sign to see them investing in more DLC like the Street Fighter pack. Um, yeah, and that's a, that's an excellent point. Yeah, so I, I don't think necessarily it's the end, and I don't think it's an idea of like limited roster because they can keep adding to the game. It It's kind of like the Smash Brothers fallacy, I feel like, that Nintendo fans deal with when they're like, Oh man, Piranha Plant stole a spot. Yeah, I, I think it's more now, like that. Yeah, personally, but yeah, it's just it. it yeah, I don't know. It's just it's that thing of like I would prefer to see more Ranger characters kind of get Fair. the yeah, and just but I don't know. Hopefully, like like you said, we don't know what the future holds. But if we can get like a sequel, my hope is that like we have baseline the characters that were in the first game, and then we just go from there. Yeah, because um, like. It's wild to think the fact that, like, we don't even have the base forms of all the Mighty Morphin Rangers in the game. I'm actually okay with that, though. Yeah, but I, like, I would, I don't know. I'm just, like, I think of, like, 
I would like to have those because I mean I would just like to have Billy actually be in the game, have actually right. have Trini because I feel like those are different fighting styles. Mm-hmm. Um, you can even go so far as like, as we've seen with the action figures, have multiple versions of all those characters that fight in different ways. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's just there's a there's a whole like pool that we can pull from. So like, this is cool. Um, I'm probably definitely still going to get it, even though I don't really play the game. Um, <laughs> right. But yeah. Yeah, um, and what's also really cool about Ryu and Chun-Li um, is that they're actually going to be able to uh, do what are called motion input uh, controls. Uh, so for those of you that do not know, in fighting games, especially Street Fighter started this, um, instead of it just being like button press, button press, you had to do inputs to get certain moves. So you had to do like a swift movement of the D-pad or the joystick and then press the certain button and you get a move. So for example, a Hadouken, um, you move the stick, uh, I believe it's down diagonal forward and then forward like in one swift arc and then you press the button and then ryu shoots out the hadouken um so chun and ryu are actually going to be first characters in the game to have that ability uh to do that and so that's actually going to change up the meta too of how you play them uh Inway has actually come out and said they have based ryu and chun at least ryu um chun li assumingly will be also based on uh their marvel versus capcom 3 forms so for those nice. of you that have played Marvel vs. Capcom 3, uh, you will be very familiar with them. So um, yeah, they definitely talked about like, they compared Ryu in this game with Ryu in Smash Brothers and how they approached him and that you could play him like you play the other characters in the game or you can play him like he's actually pulled out from Street Fighter, So, which is kind of cool. Um, that is interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so for those of you that are interested or if you have not picked up the game yet, um, I do recommend it. It's a really solid fighting game, even if you're not super into it. Just doing the story mode and playing with friends, um, using some of the rangers from the past, that's a great opportunity. I think one thing I really love that this game does is is that it also does highlight some rangers that didn't always, they're not always at the top of lists. Um, For example, we got the Cat Ranger and the White Mystic Ranger in the game, and they are very fun to play as, but also we didn't get to see them much on the show. So it's really nice to see certain characters that didn't get much representation in the show get representation in the game uh but if you are interested uh you can actually purchase the super edition of power rangers battle for the grid on may 25th and it's going to include uh the game season passes one through three so that's going to give you basically the base game the three free characters and then you're going to get uh nine more characters from the season passes including jen scott shadow ranger lord zed and many more um it's going to include the Street Fighter Pass with Ryu and Chun-Li, and it'll also give you four bonus skins. Uh, that will be releasing on May 25th. Uh, the, I believe there will be a physical edition for those of you that want to collect a physical copy, or you can buy it digitally on the storefront of your choice. Um, if you currently own the current game, you can actually purchase what is going to be an upgrade pass that will turn your game into the Super Edition and give you any DLC that you're missing. Um, so if you are wanting to upgrade, that is a great time to do so. So... Um, but yeah, uh, Battle for the Grid is keeping on strong. I know Legacy Wars hit its four-year anniversary, so hopefully Battle for the Grid will do the same very soon. So, But uh, enough of that. Uh, going into comic book news, uh, we actually had a new issue of Mighty Morphin this week. So uh, it was definitely time to see the fallout from Matt revealing himself as the new Green Ranger. But um, this week's issue of Mighty Morphin number six was released. Uh, it was written by Ryan Parrott, illustrated by Marco Renna, colored by Walter Biamonte, with color assistance by uh, Katia Renali and Sarah Antonelli, letter- lettered by Ed Dukeshire, with the cover by Inhuk Lee. Um, so, Joel, what'd you think of the issue? Uh, 
I love this issue. Um, it's, I think a lot of this issue played to Ryan's strengths as a writer um, because it was in a weird way very hyper focused on the characters and kind of how they interact um, and where they are at mentally dealing with everything that's going on with the issue. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, with that, he teased uh, two major plot points that will be fascinating to see how they play out going forward. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I thought really was really well done is uh, rather than us getting to see the exact moment where mm-hmm. Matt reveals himself, mm-hmm. we jump forward mm-hmm. um, I believe it's is it 23 days is how many about days three weeks it, yeah yeah so uh, lord zed put the dome up and we've now jumped in time uh and so we see the rangers working with the military which is a choice um <laughs> <laughs> to try and uh breach the barrier that lord zed has put over angel grove mm-hmm. um and then we see the characters kind of dealing emotionally with the fact that they have not been able to contact within that dome since it's gone up. Mm-hmm. Um, and we see very specifically the character of Rocky, um, who gets to reveal more about his family than we ever even got in the show. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a really great moment, not only from like the character's perspective, but getting to see how they all interact with one another. Um, yeah. We also get a... As we have this whole... Um, as the series relaunch, we've been getting flashbacks to Zordon's time as a guardian. Mm-hmm. Um, and we got more of that here... Uh, which I in a, a huge tease of something that will probably play out further as it goes on. And just, mm-hmm. just overall, I think it did really well. And I, that ending, uh, which we can talk about in a minute, yeah. uh, definitely complicates things. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that was a lot in the issue. Um, I definitely think it was, I think what they've done is they did a really good job at giving us a little bit of breathing room as we go into the next part of this arc. Um, Mm -hmm. It was definitely interesting seeing the Rangers work with the military um, because we haven't really seen that ever. Um, And I think it's going to have some bigger implications in the long run as well. Yeah. Because uh, one of the higher ups that they are working with actually got to actually, they know they now, the government now knows Zordon exists. They yeah. also now know they are more than likely teenagers being the Power Rangers. Yeah. So there's a lot that could happen moving forward with that. And I, given the fact that the Rangers have failed, I mean, Angel Grove fell and Zed now controls it. I think that's going to have some very interesting implications in the long run. Because Ryan is the person that he plants seeds and he lets them nurture and grow. And then when we get to the next story arc, we're like, oh, that's what that was about. Um so yeah, I think definitely seeing the character emotional beats and how each of the characters react to what is going on is definitely a good thing. Um, I think it was interesting seeing the character arc of Tommy and Kim arguing about Matt and Tommy assuming that Kim knew that it was Matt under the helmet. Oh yeah, that whole scene is so. I think it so good. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I think it shows. I think it shows different things on multiple levels. I think it shows yeah. that Kim and Tommy aren't the perfect couple. They never have been. Despite the show well, showing that. But I, what I mean by that is, like, it, it shows that Tommy and Kim still have their friction. They're not perfect. And that's okay. Yeah. And I think it's, it's a very understandable thing that would happen in a relationship. Because, mm-hmm. you know, world-ending stakes aside uh you know if an ex comes into the picture you become naturally a little 
if not jealous, but like it can irk you. And so I can understand yeah. like Tommy's perspective. Uh, he's coming on a little strong, and like I yeah. feel like if Kim tells you, "Hey, I ha- I did not know you should trust her." Um, so it's mm-hmm. definitely kind of interesting to kind of have that play from Tommy's yeah. insecurities, not only about Matt as an ex, but just Tommy's yeah. trust issues. Mm-hmm. Well, and so it's just it's a yeah. Sorry. Well, and like just especially I think coming off of because you got to think about it. Not only is it like relationship stuff, but they're coming off necessary evil, yep. where three of their friends were lying to them. Yeah. <laughs> so it, there's a lot of like mistrust that has already been planted by just previous story arcs. Yeah. Well, and I think, and I was like, that's a perfect point. I was gonna bring home was that in addition to necessary evil, also Jason taking Dragon. Like Tommy mm-hmm. is healing from betrayal from his clo- one of his closest friends, and I think too it's also interesting to think about in terms of Matt was one of the original six of that crew. He yeah. he was with them since the beginning, and it kind of does raise that question of what does Tommy do? Like, is Tommy going to feel like an outsider with Billy and Kim? And Matt also knows Rocky, so. I think what we're going to see is we're going to see some natural friction come from that as well. Well, yeah, and I think there's a lot, like, in just digging even into Tommy, even though, like, he's a character that's, I think, given a lot, um, you know, he's kind of got a lot of trust issues, not only, like, with other people Mm -hmm. around them, but even with himself, because... Yeah, he's been, he's had a rough life. Yeah, his character, like, he's literally seen the worst version of himself, and it is currently running around in this universe. Right. So, well, not even, uh, not even on top of that, like, Tommy has had to deal with so much, like, the comics have really shaded this a little bit more, but, like, the idea of Tommy having this rough childhood and, like, hinting that he was homeless for a time, like, this angle of Tommy, I think, makes him a more compelling character sometimes, because, you know he's never been perfect but the show certainly treated him as such and i think showing him as being distrustful and like even a little paranoid truth be told because that's what he was with kimberly i think it definitely brings some new depths to the character himself that also can even for me it also even outlines some of his future endeavors that we see in the show later on like having this background now Obviously, of course, the comics in the show are not one and the same, but, like, knowing, like, what happens later on in Dino Thunder with Smitty and Zeltrax and all that, like, maybe Tommy was a little bit of an asshole to Smitty because maybe he didn't trust him. Yeah. So, like... Well, and, I, and it also explains, I think, why Kat and Tommy would get along better. Like, I, you know, I think it also shades why their relationship works because they're two characters that have not only been through the, like, brainwashing of being mm-hmm. turned evil, but also they're, like, two characters who have pretty much functionally had to exist on their own. Mm-hmm. But we could do a whole, I think, character yeah. study on that. Yeah. I, <laughs> um, I, but to bring it back to the issue, yeah. I did also... The hints of what we're getting of Eltar, I think, is also... Because mm-hmm. we're, we're not getting a lot in dialogue, um, but we're getting stuff piecemealed out between the past scenes that we're seeing with zordon but also with um candace showing mm-hmm. up and being an eltarian she's also giving us insight into what eltar is like now mm-hmm. and i think the fact that zordon's uh friend who is or former friend who was one of his like cohorts is still alive is going to be a plot point mm-hmm. and it's probably the reason why uh eltar is probably not going to be how it used to be <laughs> yes yeah, I definitely am getting a vibe that 
Eltar probably is great for the people that are higher up like Candace. Mm-hmm. But I'm assuming that there are some dark secrets that the Rangers are going to have to find out. Yeah, because it, it's uh, it's I don't want to go into like a whole diatribe about another series. But have you ever? Did you read the Animorphs books as a kid? Yes, no? but I don't remember much of them. Okay, there's weird war things within that, but one of the big things is one of the alien races that were shown that we meet initially. We as the books go on, we find out how kind of corrupt and how kind of warped they are by their own sense of purpose. So I'm really excited to see if maybe Ryan may be playing in that space with the Altarians. Is that like they've believed themselves to be a force for good for so long that they are now allowed that to justify actions that are not good because they believe themselves to be the paragon of good. They're like, no, this is the right thing. We have to do this, you know atrocious act or you know we have to abandon these people to dark specter um so it'll be interesting going forward and and you know in the larger sense of like the huge things that are going on in the power rangers comic universe you know we've got the imperials running around we've got dark specter running around we've got eltar doing what eltar is doing and having its own civil war Mm -hmm. there's a lot (laughs) Mm -hmm. there is um and and that's not even talking on the smaller scale of what's going on in Angel Grove, because mm-hmm. um, at the end of the issue, the Rangers are able to get through because of efforts by um, Grace. Um, they receive a message from her that they're able to only st- understand partially, um, but a portal opens and they're able to get through. And we find out that um, Matt, as the Green Ranger, is working with Lord Zed. And the army. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, the Prometheus army, yeah, or Promethea army, is also working with Lord Zed. So, mm-hmm. Zed. can't wait to find out what happened in three weeks yep. for that to happen. Yep. <laughs> Zed created his perfect world. Mm-hmm. Which is, uh, again, a, a fascinating thing to dig into. And I can't wait to see what Ryan does, because that's such a very, like, what is what is utopia for Lord Zed? <laughs> well, it's it's like the idea too when we got to see shades of um, from Kyle of Rita winning in the Dragon Timeline, and mm-hmm. Rita actually did bring peace, but it was her version of peace. Exactly. So, what does that look like for Zed? Yeah, I'm just I, I can't I can't wait. Uh, it's you know we we've talked about before like I you know. In the lead up to this issue, I think we definitely talked about how like we felt Power Rangers had more of a focus and a direction than Mighty Morphin did mm-hmm. necessarily. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas Mighty Morphin felt more ep- like felt more episodic, felt more like the original TV mm-hmm. show. And this issue, it's a game changer. Fundamentally changes things. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it does. And I think that it's going to be interesting to see moving forward. Like, I think Ryan definitely used these first few issues to set the story up and now we got to watch the dominoes fall for sure so i'm um, i'm excited same i cannot wait uh before we jump off i do want to quickly highlight uh marco renna does an amazing job on on the art um, and you, same with the colors from walter Biamonte, you know with katia Ronali and sarah and Antonelli. uh you know as always ed dukeshire killing it with the lettering i just you know you know with marco's art even just the way he does like dialogue scenes like that moment with rocky freaking out in the bunker with you know Mm -hmm. kimberly and adam 
it just he, the way he stages it the way it moves mm-hmm. uh, and then just not even talking about when he gets to action it's just so very good and i'm so happy he's on this book and he's getting yeah. to do what he does yeah and so just again if you're not reading the comics definitely you know dive in check it out it's it's so good and if you want to see how all of this craziness began uh on april 21st uh we and it should be out by the time you're listening to this uh mighty morphin slash power rangers number one the deluxe hardcover will be out in stores and available to pick up uh this hardcover provides special behind the scenes looks while also giving a compilation of the first issues of Mighty Morphin and Power Rangers, which sets off this wild and crazy journey. So if you are interested, mm-hmm. if you haven't read the series yet, pick this up to get a chance to see how it all began. Um, but we won't have much longer to wait for our next dose of Power Rangers comics, as Power Rangers number six, featuring Astronema, Zack, and Jason in SPD jail, and Draken, Trini, and Ecliptor breaking them out, will come out on April 21st as well. So I think we are in for a pretty crazy issue i'm very excited to see mm-hmm. what happens i'm also excited knowing that air to darkness has kind of illustrated and shaded some of that stuff in so i'm really excited to see what we get what it looks like and how we go from there so oh yeah so good so exciting mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, moving on from the print world we're going to talk on tv so uh we got a couple episodes to talk about this week um but let's start off with Kikai Sentai, Zenkaiger, uh, episode number six, The Unpleasant and Incomprehensible Garbage Treatment. Um, so, <laughs> um, in this episode... This is an interesting one. It was. <laughs> um, in this episode, of course, Toji Tendo continues their assault on uh, the Zenkaiger's world and trying to conquer it. Um, and it's a really good Majin and uh vroom episode because it kind of plays into some of their strengths (laughs) but basically uh garbage world uh literally happens they bring in a monster that his ability is based on in the garbage world and he can create garbage and his plan is to flood the planet with garbage um so joel what what did you think Mm -hmm. uh boy sentai is an experience um it's it was interesting like i i find it weird that they like so i'm of two minds about Majin's character in this episode um because we get the reveal that essentially she's kind of a slob um but they never really they never fully justify why that is and they also kind of make her a klutz which i'm like that was vroom's character but it anyhow it's just an interesting trait to put on to the female character of your show yeah well um i mean which it it does differ from their normal like it's the girly girl she has to be the girl mm -hmm. well i think part of it plays into too how passionate she is about what she does because that was the big thing in her debut episode was like she's very passionate about fortune telling and she definitely seems like to me the kind of person that she gets so zeroed in and focused on one particular thing that she then forgets everything around her, and that includes cleaning. Yeah, and I and I think that they hinted at that, but I think they could have more yeah. directly yeah. kind of said it. I, uh, I th- that being said, I think I think I think a lot of fun humor played out of yeah. it. I felt very attacked whenever they entered the room, and Majin was like, "Oh no, I was about to clean it." Like she starts clean, she starts cleaning immediately. <laughs> she got caught because that's the same shit I pull 
with like my bedroom and with my car like if my roommate walks into my bedroom or if a friend comes into my car and it's messy i'm like oh no no i'll let me clean it real quick it's just messy i'm so sorry i'm so sorry um so i felt very attacked um i felt personally victimized by mr toei so there was that see i think i'm the rude then because i'm the one that like not to say that I don't have my moments where I'm like that, where I'm like, we're just going to let this sit and we'll get to it. When we get to it. But like, I'm definitely the one that's like, no, we will clean. We're going to get this yeah. done. See, um, I'm like that too sometimes, but what happens is I'm not, okay, let me rephrase this because now I realize I'm putting a bad image of myself out there. Um, you know, gotta. No, I, I, I get it. <laughs> what you're saying is like, you have that moment of like, oh no, please don't look at me. Yeah. Please don't tell people how I live. Right, like, I get right. that. Like, well, <laughs> yeah. And I'm not, so I'm not necessarily a messy person. Like I'm not to the level of Majin, but like clutter and tidying up are what I have to do. Like, yeah. like for example, my ranger shelf right now, almost every ranger is knocked over. I've got to go back and put them back up. Um, but yeah, so it was definitely interesting seeing that side of her. And then of course, um, we find out as the episode goes on that um (laughs) the real plan behind garbage world was to put out so much garbage that people get lazy and tired and they end up giving up on things to placate them which i thought was an interesting twist i was like okay yeah because it talks about the phenomenon of being when you're surrounded by garbage and you're in a messy home how it affects you mentally so that's kind of the moral of the weep for the kids is that you know if you keep a messy room you're gonna not be good um i thought it was fun i thought it was very interesting to see how that worked yeah can i say boy all i could think about when i was watching it was like man the props department had to find garbage and put it all over the place i feel like some of it was also just like cgi as well some of it was but some of it wasn't like some of that was legitimately them piling just junk in one area Mm -hmm. um And then, like, um, the one thing you can tell they did is um, when they're in the store and all the garbage flies in, it's just bags full of paper. Yeah. <laughs> um, which I thought was it just from a production kind of aspect is funny to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I did like uh, that the, I believe, is, is it Yachan is the grandmother? Mm-hmm. Is that her yeah. name? Uh, her kind of interactions with Majin because her and Majin have to share a room. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And just also, like, whenever they talk about how garbage just appears around Meiji, uh, Gaon's like, yeah, whenever she runs the store, it's always messier than it should be. <laughs> so, I just, I, I, a lot of fun little character moments. Um, but we also got a character introduction this episode. Uh, mm-hmm. with a character named Stacy. <laughs> yes. Is that? Yeah, it's Stacy. Um, yes, so we see a very mysterious gentleman in purple and black just talking about how dirty the world is, and he kind of gets a little cameo. Um, but yes, Stacy is appearing, and that kind of leads into, um, next week's episode, which will feature the debut of Stacyzer, who is an evil Zenkaiger of sorts. How do you feel about that? And I've, I, I've seen the pictures of the suit. Mm-hmm. It is, it's interesting. It's Battle Fever um, I, yeah, and I love that. Yeah, I think that's a cute little nod to like them being the first official Super Sentai before it was retroactively changed. Yeah, and it's just it's a, I think it's an interesting recall, and it'll be fun to see kind of how that plays, especially with the other thing that got revealed mm-hmm. this week, <laughs> uh, which we'll get into in a minute. Yeah. I'm. 
I'm curious to see how it plays. Um, Because, again, like, the big thing that we're kind of seeing in, you know, the thrust of the show going forward is we're trying to figure out what happens with the Sentai worlds when Farron utilized. And I think we're going to start to get Mm -hmm. elements of that next Mm -hmm. week. Yep, we will start seeing uh, next week a Legend Sentai showdown as Himitsu Sentai Go Ranger and Hyakuju Sentai Gao Ranger appear. And they are fighting the Zenkaijers. And wait, there's Mecha? Next week's going to be interesting, I think. Yeah. That being said, the shot from the preview of all the Zords, and we've seen it in kind of promo pictures um, mm-hmm. of all of the mechas out in the city, is really cool. <laughs> yeah, it is. It looks weird, but it definitely, because you can tell they had to recreate some of the suits, but it definitely is pretty cool. Um, I also just appreciate, like, the attention to detail they've really been doing with this, like, in terms of references. Mm-hmm. Um, not just with, like, Stacey's are being, like, Battle Fever J inspired, not just with other things. Um but even like the little tiny moments. Did you catch one of the references that Majin did in the episode? Uh, no. So I missed so it. whenever uh so in the episode, Room uses a Sentai gear on his own, um, with Majin as they finish off the monster by using the abilities from Go Busters, which was a pretty cool uh moment in itself because having just had Beef Smorphers, we were like, oh, that's so cool. Um, but as you all know, whenever uh they have the the little jingle that plays when they're turning the gear uh they have a little beat and Majin decided that she wanted to dance and so <laughs> um so we actually got to see her uh do a little dance and it was actually the maji ranger ending dance like part of it nice yeah so like uh i saw that because like okay i'm gonna i'm gonna date myself um but I was like 14, 15 when Maji Ranger came out and like I would watch all the clips on YouTube and I actually taught myself how to do the Maji Ranger dance. That's nothing. I, I, <laughs> I feel like that's normal for Sentai fans. I know. It's, I, it, yeah. So I have, I have very little, uh, so I know stuff about Maji Ranger, but I have not watched Maji Ranger Neither have in I. any capacity. Yeah, I've watched clips. So... Yeah, yeah, I've never even seen clips, so the fact you were able to pick pick that out, like, I just yeah. went right over my head. So, but... it was pointed out on Twitter, but then once I saw it in the episode, like, I instantly recognized it, because I know I know that yeah. dance, and I know that song, so. Anyhow, there was also kind of, um, so, overall the episode I think was very good. I, I enjoyed it, I think it kind of resolved in a fun mm-hmm. way. Um, and we got the tease with Stacy at the end that apparently he's the child of one of the Tojitendo. Yep. Which is okay. <laughs> you know, we've had crazier things. We've had monsters take human form before. It's fine. Yeah, I it's mean, fine. let's not even get into like Tokuger and get into like that whole <laughs> family dynamic. Um, but. Uh, with that said, uh, we got a reveal this week um, of a particular character uh, via Toy Leaks uh, toy merchandising pictures. Uh, we've officially now seen what Two Kaiser looks like. Yeah. What did you think, Kevin? <laughs> I mean, in a team that all of their suits reference Sentai, like it's not surprising to be honest um yeah so 
let's let's talk about it. So two Kaiser in the original leagues, they talked about him basically being Gokai Red from Gokaiger and Gold, uh, Gold colored, and they were right on the money because it's the Gokai Red suit colored gold, um, with some modifications of course to make it look a little different. Um, yeah, I think it's I think it's brilliant. I mean, Gokaiger, it has been the definitive anniversary Sentai since it came out in thir- in, two, in 2011. It's the 10th anniversary mm-hmm. of Gokaiger as well, so it it makes perfect sense. Um, I think it's I think it's an interesting look. It definitely it kind of makes me think about how like Zenkaiser homages Akaranger and Big One, and so and Gokai Red has kind of become that like Akaranger like figure since then. Like the actor's yeah. come back several times, and you know he's very popular with the fans, and so I definitely think that uh, choosing this route makes sense. Um, it definitely still is a surprise it looks different but then like people have been actually putting them next to the gokaiger suits and it looks like it actually fits in pretty well so um i feel like this is going to be kind of a case like hyperforce where like there was a time for silver but he joined their team for a little bit like it's kind of like that so yeah. we obviously don't know any character beats we don't know anything about the character but we know what the suit looks like um in addition as the leaks talked about is that he will have two additional modes in addition to his Gokai mode. He will have a Choriki, o- Choriki Sentai O-Ranger-inspired mode, uh, which was translated as Power Ranger Zio. Um, and he will also have a Samurai Sentai Shinkinger mode that was Power Ranger Samurai. Um, the O-Ranger mode is based off of Gunmajin, who was adapted as Aura the Conqueror and also has shades of their suit on it, um, but also looks like uh, just a traditional Japanese outfit. Um, while uh, the Shinkinger mode uh, is very clearly based off of Hyper Shinkin Red, uh, having the coat and everything. So, uh, yeah. yeah, what did you think? What are you thinking? Uh, I hear everything you said when you talked about mm-hmm. it. That being said, I'm still a little disappointed by it because I feel like, uh, again, it's that thing of like, what else could we have done? Like, I get we're we're playing in like anniversary mode, so we have to reference things. Mm-hmm. Um, directly building a suit that looks like it fits in Gokaiger is cool. Mm-hmm. It's just like it would have been interesting to see something different. Um, you and I had when we first started talking about Zenkaiger, we were like, "Well, the sixth one could be green and well, yeah. you know be ninja themed and like have that kind of aspect." Um, that being said, like I do think it's interesting the route they went. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think it looks cool. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of hate his weapon though uh because it's 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 that thing that like sentai does sometimes where it's a thing on a thing on a thing mm-hmm. and that is fine it also suffers from like the big plastic toy syndrome because mm-hmm. where it has to look like a toy that a kid can play with mm-hmm. which i don't always agree with because i feel like earlier sentai weapons looked cooler mm-hmm. <laughs> when they looked like actual weapons mm-hmm. but i i understand why that's not the case but like it's just a lot um uh-huh. that being said i will wait to make more further judgments until he appears on the show yeah um yeah i mean i think one thing that i like the zenkaiger has been doing is they have they've been bucking the expectations i think a lot of fans were mm-hmm. expecting them to do gokaiger again and guess what they did gokaiger again but just not how you expect um <laughs> uh i i think it's fun i think it's interesting um i know sentai has been 
complained about of being formulaic and doing the same thing over and over again for the last few years. So it, it's kind of fun seeing them do things that like buck against the norm and yeah, you know, let's see what happens. Let's see what happens in the show in the context of it. I think that's going to help with a lot. Um, so yeah, because yeah. how he fit or how that character fits in the show uh, I, will will change a lot, it and will. it'll be interesting to see. Uh, I'd especially like it if he is like the Gokaiders, where he shows up and he's like, "I'm good. I don't want to work with y'all. I don't want to save people. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just here to get treasure." Yeah. I think <laughs> I think that's going to be what is the most interesting thing because is he going to be from the current world or is he going to be from the Gokaiger world, which was the versus universe where all Sentai exist in one universe um yeah so i think it's going to be interesting i there's a lot they can do with it i think it would be really cool to see like someone that has survived and escaped from their world being taken i think that would be interesting um part of me was kind of like i don't know if you'll remember this, this is a deep cut but if it was the kid that like took the gokai red morpher in the beginning of gokaiger that would yeah. be kind of cool i think that would actually be they wouldn't do it but well, that would be a really fun twist yeah, it would be, but I mean, even having him be a refugee is similar to the Gokaijers, who were themselves refugees mm -hmm. from their mm -hmm. planets. So, so there's a, there's it would a be lot. a fun kind of callback to that. Hmm? So there's a lot, so... Yeah. yeah. So it'd be a lot of fun, but um, yeah, so lots of fun stuff happening over in Japan. Uh, we are always enjoying that, so... But moving on to the main event of the episode... Um, Today was the premiere of the mid-season finale, which, holy crap, how are we already here, um, of Power Rangers Dino Fury, episode 8, Unexpected Arrival. So, in this episode, uh, Void Knight is able to disrupt the Rangers' fights by corrupting their zords through the use of Wolfgang, a sporks beast that has the ability to ruin things by howling. The Dino Fury Megazord literally falls apart. Like not even metaphorically like it just comes apart goes to pieces it does. yes <laughs> um, but while they are doing that uh we get the return of a familiar face in the form of mick canick from power rangers ninja steel as played by the incomparable kelson henderson uh who keeps power rangers on his payroll so um yeah what did you think of the episode uh i I, I really enjoyed this one. You know, this continues the trend of me really enjoying uh, Dino Fury. Uh, there was a lot in this episode, but I think it kept the pace going. Um, it never felt like it dragged in this episode. We had great character moments, I think, from kind of every character in the show. And it just, it was, it was a blast to watch. Mm -hmm. uh, we was. can go into specifics in a minute, but what did you think, yeah, I... Kevin? I definitely think that this is the first time since probably Beast Morphers Season 2 where it feels like a genuine mid-season finale. Mm -hmm. And I think yep. I think it, because with past seasons, the eighth episode on Nickelodeon has always historically been the hiatus time. Um, but it feels like that uh, Simon and the showrunners, like they plan, they built this into the narrative. And so... Um, the episode definitely had some very big reveals in terms of the greater Power Rangers universe, which we'll talk about in a second. Um, but also it even felt like a culmination of a lot of things happening because some major events do happen. We get the debut of the Dino Fury Megazord Warrior Mode, which combines all five Zords 
Um, mm-hmm. And holy cow, that was beautiful. I I did not watch Reed Soldier, so seeing... I have never really saw what Five Nights looked like. Like, I always saw the toy, and it looked so bulky, but in the show, it looks really nice. Yeah, makes me wish that that figure was out already so we could buy those Megazords, yeah. but that's we'll a that's a whole other topic. Yeah, anyway... <laughs> um, we also get to see the destruction of Boom Tower. So our first general is actually gone. He is done for. Um, but of course, with our Sporex Beast friends, they do just revert back to a Sporex. So he could be back. You never know. Um, but let's dive into what really the big part of the episode is, um, which this episode continues to establish the Morphin Grid, what it is, and what the Morphin Masters have to play in the greater Power Rangers universe. Um, in this episode, Mick comes to Earth, he returns, because he is pursuing the Ninja Nexus Prism, and he has been following it since the end of Power Rangers Ninja Steel, while also chronicling his own Ranger history database that he has been updating and keeping up to date. Um, in the episode, Zato actually utilizes his telepathy, and we knew that the Nexus Prism was a living thing, um, but he was actually able to read, read its mind. And it reveals that the Nexus Prism came from the Morphin Grid. And Mick reveals that too, but we get confirmation that the Morphin Masters directly created the Ninja Nexus Prism, and in turn, the Ninja Power Stars. Um, mm-hmm. In addition we find out that the Morphin Masters are actually responsible for a lot of Ranger powers, including the creation of the Dino Gems and the Inner Gems. Mm-hmm. So, what did you think of this reveal? I, it was awesome. Mm-hmm. And it's I, it's something that we had figured, but it's it took all of two seconds of dialogue mm-hmm. And a shot of them creating them. Mm-hmm. And, and that's all it did. Yeah, It was a nice moment. It connects a whole bunch of dots that we've had connected. Um, we talked about, we joked with each other that this episode did more for the Ninja Nexus Prism <laughs> than Ninja Steel did in two seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just, it's, it doesn't have to be some like drawn out storyline. It doesn't have to be like a huge lore dump. It's literally just a moment of being like, yeah, they created this. Um, mm-hmm. There is an interesting point where, like, I, I think that scene can be interpreted in multiple ways because it seems like they seem to hint that the Morphin Masters are still alive and watching. Um, I think you can interpret it in another way in the sense that the like Morphin Masters had foresight and could see kind of everything going forward mm-hmm. um, in a weird way, have kind of like a prescient knowledge. Uh, but it's what's interesting in this is not only then what does the Nexus Prism want and why has it arrived? And we see it uh, scanning water. I mean, it's also very interesting that whenever we saw the uh, Ninja Steel Rangers and saw someone pulling one out, it was very specifically the Gold Ranger, Levi, Mm -hmm. pulling out his Nexus uh, or Ninja Star from the Nexus Prism. Mm -hmm. So obviously we kind of know where we're going since we've had the character revealed to us. Um, We know who who the Prism was looking for. So I just, it was, again, like, we talk about this thing of just, like, being additive, um, and this is definitely additive. This Mm -hmm. adds to what we already Mm -hmm. knew. Um, It doesn't change anything. It doesn't recontextualize. It just adds a piece and connects a dot. Right. And it gives confirmation on a lot of things, Um, like the fact that the Nexus Prism has been on missions from the Morphin Masters. Mm -hmm. So 
it's a nice touch. It's a nice way to establish the lore and firmly say, yes, this is what we want to do. And I think the one thing I appreciate about it is, and this is what I really do like, because we also got to see clips and flashbacks from Ninja Steel and Beast Morphers. So it was nice seeing, um, <laughs> seeing the Beast Morphers team back on our screen again for a brief moment. Um, mm -hmm. I think that what this season has done a good job of with its references to old seasons is that it's not done in a way that's like look at me i'm this like instead it's treated as this is what it is and younger audiences may get it some may not if they see mick on this episode and wonder about the ninja, ninja steel rangers guess what ninja steel is on netflix what do you know um mm -hmm. beast morphers is on netflix what do you know um the dino gems from dino thunder it's on youtube now so like it's fun that they're giving these droplets and now i'm realizing that like hasbro is probably being very purposeful of what they've kept on certain channels because now yeah. like oh hey we're celebrating dino thunder and then and then literally a week later oh hey the dino gems appeared that's cool um yeah but what i like about it is it's it's done in a way that it still enhances the narrative of the show itself because it's not them it builds the world yeah. out it builds the yeah, world it... It's not the focus of it. Mm -hmm. It's just explaining to these characters the world mm -hmm. they live yeah. in. Well, and on top of that too, like it does it in a way that's not intrusive, but also f expands the plot. Expands the plot um, because mm -hmm. Zato didn't know about the Morphin Masters doing all of this. Like in Zato's mind, they only made the Dino Fury Rangers, which was what we thought at first. Um, so I think it's great to show that like it's not just the comic books that can add context and add more details and information to what may already be known or may not be known. Um, so I definitely enjoyed that, and I am very happy with that. So good for Simon and good for the crew, because I, I'm i not going to lie. When I saw the Dino Gems, I teared up. I was, it just was, like, I was, a, I got a little worried that they were going to show the Dino Power Coins, and I was going to be like, ooh, Ninjor technically made those. Yeah. Don't show those. Uh, but they thankfully they they had they showed some restraint. Mm -hmm. Um, I I think, it, but I, again, we talked about this idea of it's just it's a little yeah. thing. It's an acknowledgement. It's an yeah. expansion. Um, and you know, if you're a kid watching it, you may you can look into this. It's a it's a breadcrumb to lead you right. to the next thing. Well, and it's uh, also recognizing the older fans. Like I I think it's really cool that we now have a definite origin. Well, maybe not definite, but a pretty solid origin for how the Dino Gems and the Dino Inner Gems were made. It also explains why dinosaurs continue to pop up, mm -hmm. and that it's it's a thing that like continues across the morphing grid. Yeah. Why that's a continual thing. It's not happenstance it just is a thing that like they have drawn a connection right. to that there is this weird innate draw to mm -hmm. them um well it's like but that's like it's like beast morpher said there's a connection to the grid mm -hmm. very it just so good i'm like it makes me so happy um i'm really proud of it and you know to continue kind of singing their praises like I, the other big character thing we got was we found out Void Knight's motivation. Yeah. Um, or we got a tease of it, at least. Uh, yeah. We see what's hidden behind the door. Uh, Void Knight enters it, and there is a person in a stasis chamber of some sort, and Void Knight vows to bring them back. Mm-hmm. Uh, talk about a character moment. Talk about some character development. Uh, this kind of recontextualized Void 
contextualizes Void Knight and gives us like something really meaty for a villain to want. Mm-hmm. Uh, he doesn't just want to destroy the world. He has a personal stake in this. He's trying to do this for a reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I find that fascinating. Yeah. Um, uh, what did you, any thoughts about that, Kevin? Um, my jaw definitely dropped because when he went into the room and they actually showed it, I was like, oh snap, they're going to show us what's in there. I was fully, full on expecting like some Zord hangar bay or him like building a Zord or something for himself. Um, and then when he was talking, I legit thought it was just going to be another, the other general that we knew yeah. was coming because we from your yeah. soldier but i was very surprised yeah. that it was I, this insane. i was too like i literally just was like what the f like i actually said that out loud while i was watching it <laughs> i don't normally do that um i think it's a good twist i think it gives something for us to kind of hang on to and see because i'm certain we're going to get more um backstory and like we're gonna figure out who is under the armor um yeah i think can i shoot my shot sure. can i shoot my shot I think it might be one of Zato's team members. I hope I maybe could be that these are two former Rangers that one of the female Rangers is hurt, put in stasis. And then the other character took on the void Knight. I suit, which would be fun. That would be interesting. I think that'd be a good little twist. Um, especially because we, we know that the gold Ranger is from Rafcon. We don't know if it's the original gold Ranger. And it's interesting because they, Zato did a very smart thing by asking Mick if he knew about Rafcon and Rafcon. He was like, I've never heard of it. So something's going on. Like either it truly is gone or something's happening. I don't know what. There's a lot of breadcrumbs. Um, But yeah, I think that would be a very interesting way and dynamic to show it. Um, I'm also thinking that maybe he's a Rafcon survivor that the Rangers failed to save. Um, But I think it's also from a character standpoint this is actually really smart because then they can also even utilize the redemption arc from guy Sorg. Yep. And we mm-hmm. might be able to see some of that lovely footage and like get some context on how max Dino Fury red will happen. So for sure, I, for I sure. definitely void Knight is not the main villain. We now know that. I think, I think he's, he's the main villain for right now, but I definitely think that he is going to, things are going to change, especially as we go into season two. Yeah. Um, I know I saw one fan theory that they were thinking that um, it would become that she would become Madame Noir from Tokyo Jury. Hmm. So because someone actually on a certain website that shall not be named um, message board that I should not go to, but it's OK, it's fine. Um, actually put out a theory that like Void Knight was trying to revive someone and they posted that like a week ago. And their theory was that they would become Madame Noir because they have similar color styles or something like that um so yeah who knows uh that would be interesting yeah. i i i'm i'm down for another female yeah. villain i'm like i'm perfectly I'm, fine if this character wakes up and turns out to be yeah. evil <laughs> i'm interested in seeing if maybe she becomes the final form of the villain from Ryu soldier I, like if she if she could mutated be. into that that would be interesting that'd be a good little twist too but um yeah i definitely think that for a mid-season finale, this has set up a lot of things for us to be excited about going into fall when we come back from hiatus. Um, mm-hmm. It makes it very hard to not <laughs> give in to the international airings that will be happening over the summer because we know they'll be happening. They always do. Um, 
Yeah. That's going to be so hard to avoid it. I don't know if I can, I don't know if I'm strong enough. Um, I mean, you had already said earlier that you weren't going to, so, or you weren't going to just watch them, so we'll see. We'll see. Um, Uh, (laughs) Before we move on, can I praise just a couple more things that I've noticed with Dino Fury? Mm -hmm. Uh, Let's talk about, can we talk about the Zord? Uh, I want to talk about the Zord, and then I want to talk about uh, Izzy specifically Mm -hmm. afterwards. Um, So, we, you know, I've kind of praised the Zord footage, you know, previously, because they've done a really great job of ingratiating the like or integrating the american cockpit with the sentai mm-hmm. footage and i think that really showed in this episode as well um, because we had the other four rangers calling out their attacks as their like different zord component was mm-hmm. used um and it really makes it feel more dynamic i think than previous seasons have especially with the connect cockpits as we like to call mm-hmm. them <laughs> um where someone just stands around often it's just a bunch of them moving all in sync mm-hmm. This felt like each ranger was contributing, and each ranger's yeah. motion does yeah, something. Yeah, it was nice. Um, and so I just, I just really wanted to highlight that. I think it's they do they've done a really great job with the Megazords this season, um, and making them feel important to the battle overall. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think in previous Power Ranger series, I mean, going back through Saban era, Disney era, there are times when the Zord scenes feel just blah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, they're just not important. It's where you shut your brain off for the last three minutes of the episode and then you move on. Um, but I think Dino Fury has done a really great job of making them important, making them feel uh, necessary to the plot that's going mm-hmm. on. Yeah. Um, and with that said, I want to talk about Izzy because mm-hmm. I noticed something um, in rewatching last week's episode mm-hmm. and in this week's mm-hmm. episode. Um, so have you noticed in her morph sequence when she does the the slam at the beginning, she does it with like claws. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then she like whips her hair back, and like it's very cool. But also in the fight scene earlier in this episode, everyone else is doing the fists, and she is doing claw movements as well. Yeah. Like she has her hands up in a claw formation, mm-hmm. which is a really nice character choice that Tessa has made, mm-hmm. and it's a dumb little thing, but I kind of love yeah. it. Yeah, it's definitely. <laughs> It speaks to the abilities of our cast this season because I mean, for a lot of these actors, like they they some of them are brand new to acting, and mm-hmm. I I think we just the Dino Fury cast I think is going to be held up as one of the top casts of all time of Power Rangers. Like they're going to oh, be yeah. up there with the Mighty Morphin team with SPD and Space, like Time Force. Yeah, like, I feel like they're a very like they are they are all I think connect they work individually but they also work very well as yeah, a team the the chemistry um, is there and, I, and that's the interactions with them don't feel stifled stiff stifled like yeah and, and, and just seeing different characters interact like this uh this episode we got uh javi and amelia kind of interacting which are two characters that haven't really gotten a chance mm-hmm. to interact with one another um as always we have izzy kind of being the voice of <laughs> the audience in a weird way yeah uh, she, uh like a mechanic it just you, oh, that was Amelia. I, Never mind. I actually no that was uh that was That's ollie right. ollie right. was the one that was like like a mechanic and he's like no two mechanic mechanic uh also while i'm thinking about it can we talk about the fact that this show remembered that mick can shape shift which is a thing I think Ninja Steel forgot mm-hmm. halfway through he its show. He was able to hold his own, and I'm proud of him for that. Like, yeah, 
It, 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 it makes me want to finish Ninja Steel, in a way. Yeah, uh, yeah I mean, he, he's definitely one of the highlights of it. So, yeah. I mean, I would and, do it for that. And I want to talk about that, too. Like, I I really do have to hand it to Kelson. Like, he, he was brought back for a single episode, but he brought so much heart into it. And, like you can tell he has so much love for this franchise and what i mean obviously because it's done so much for him but mm-hmm. at the same time like he did a really good job at playing mick interacting with salon like it was also kind of nice to see a small spd mini reunion between kelson and josephine yeah i was thinking about that the whole time um but kudos to kelson henderson for making a guest spot for me a highlight of the season like when I think about Power yeah. Rangers and I think about ways that we can connect to the past, it doesn't always have to be a gigantic team-up episode. This gave me a lot of the vibes of when Dr. K helped out at the end of Beast Morphers. Like, using, yeah. using the past, acknowledging it, and not trying to sweep everything under the rug and be like, oh, yes, that's a legendary thing, but we're not going to talk about it. Yeah. Uh, it just, again, yeah, kudos to Kelson for being amazing mm-hmm. and doing such a great job. Mm-hmm. Even, you know it really does go to show the whole line of like, there are no small parts mm-hmm. kind of thing. Like he took this like cameo appearance and just really yeah. ran with it. And he just amazing. Yeah. Can't say enough praise for him. Yeah. And just overall, just Dino Fury cast, mm-hmm. everyone involved is doing such mm-hmm. a wonderful they job are. and just really makes this whole experience of getting to watch the show as a fan. Really great. Yeah. And um, I'm a little bummed that we will have to mm-hmm. wait months before we get another dose yeah. of it. I I definitely think that, and granted, Dino Charge burned me before, so I'm still a little cautiously optimistic, but for Simon, for this being his first season, and I'm hoping that, you know, we don't know what's going to happen in the future, of course, but if Power Rangers were to continue like this, I I hope it will. And I think it's a shape of things to come. For sure, for sure. So all good feelings all around even if we are sad that it was the mid-season finale um yeah but that's okay because it when it comes back we'll be excited again so and we'll have like mm-hmm. 14 episodes to watch so because we'll because we'll have sure. 12 episodes remaining and then the two holiday specials whatever they're going to be so um i'm assuming we'll get a halloween and a christmas special again like last like the first first season of beast morphers but we'll see what happens maybe they'll surprise us so um but really that's all that we have in the ranger news today so and we've ran a little bit late so um no i'm kidding we don't have a time limit but this is definitely there's been a lot to talk about this week and we're very excited about that um but as always thank you for listening thank you for joining us as we geek out and talk about things like we are almost to a year since the podcast launched um which is absolutely insane like it's it's going to be here before we know it and honestly like it's been a fantastic experience and so we're glad that you all get to join us in that experience so thank you for listening and we hope you continue to listen um but that being said we're going to go ahead and wrap up everything for this week um if you want to reach out and give us feedback co-host ask questions or just generally interact with us um, you can find us on twitter at may the power pod you can also email us may the power pod at gmail.com um, if you want to interact with us um, on social media, you can find me on Twitter at BridgeMT3. Joel, where can they find you? You can find me on most social media at Thespis. That's right. So once again, thank you all so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. And as always, may, may the, the power, power protect, protect you. you.